Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited to dive into a Q&A episode today, answering your questions. You guys have submitted questions from our Facebook group, which, of course, is a free group. You can come join me and all our amazing women and community over there. Just search for Holistic Wellness Private Community in Facebook, and it should come up. And of course, over on the website at holisticwellness.ca. In all of the show notes, we do share the link to that Facebook group. And these questions also come in via Instagram and email. So lots of questions come in every week. I really love it. Keep them coming because it really does help to prepare for these Q&A episodes so I can really see what's on your guys' mind and what you guys are struggling with and really put these episodes together so that I can offer up some strategies and support to help you guys to move forward. So before we dive into the episode, I wanted to share real quickly about our weekly newsletter. So we send out a twice weekly newsletter. And no, we do not spam you. That's not what we do around here. We send out a newsletter that has lots of amazing recipes and just great content strategies information on all things hormones, detox, weight loss. We offer exclusive discounts to some of our online programs. So it's just a great newsletter that we send out twice a week. And a lot of the content on there is very exclusive that we don't post up on the blog. And so if you haven't joined us there yet, you can sign up and it's free and it's easy. Just head on over to holisticwellness.com ca forward slash newsletter and you can sign up there it is the place to be to talk all things period and sex and hormones and autoimmune and weight loss we share it all on our newsletter all right so let's dive in to today's q a so i've got the first question here from claire and her question is i have pcos and insulin resistance I'm unsure of what nutrition steps I can implement to better take care of my hormones. Awesome question, Claire. For those of you who may not know, I actually work primarily with women who have PCOS and diabetes. It's actually, I guess, two of the top health conditions that I find that I'm treating a lot in my one-to-one practice. So for those of you who are looking to work with me one-on-one, I work with all kinds of hormonal conditions and weight loss specifically, and PCOS and diabetes tends to be the top two things that I work with. And so we reverse diabetes over here. That is what we do. Type 2 diabetes is a lifestyle condition that we reverse, and PCOS has some similarities to diabetes because of the insulin component. There are lots of nutrition steps that you can implement First things first, you really want to minimize your intake of sugar. This is going to have the biggest impact on not just your insulin, but hormones overall. Your insulin is such a master hormone in your body that when it's imbalanced or when you have insulin resistance, it starts to impact all your other sex hormones, your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone. 
having high amounts of insulin can actually force your ovaries to overproduce testosterone, which is why many women who have PCOS will find that they start to develop more facial hair around their chin and also more cystic acne. And that is thanks to the testosterone. So first things first, you want to definitely eliminate or really reduce your sugar intake. I would also look at alcohol if you're drinking a lot of alcohol as well, because aside from the alcohol, it can be very estrogenic, but it is also very sugary as well. So you want to get that out. I would also really increase your fiber and your protein and your fat, PFF, protein, fiber, fat. That is really what you want to keep in mind when you are putting your meals together protein and fat and fiber, all three of those combined are really going to help support your insulin levels and really balance your blood sugar. Another thing which may seem kind of counterintuitive is to stop snacking. For those of you who have been following me for a while, know that I am not a big fan of snacking. The more frequently you eat throughout the day, the more you're going to spike your insulin. So take out the snacks, eat in meals, and try and balance your meals with that protein, fat, and fiber intake so that you can last four to six hours between your meals. That is by far the best way to support your insulin, but it also will help your body burn adipose tissue, which is fat. So something to keep in mind there. So I know a lot of women who have PCOS do struggle with weight. And if this is you and you need more of that customized and individualized coaching and planning, we also do blood work and whatnot in my practice, then definitely come connect with me further so that we can really address this and get to the bottom of this because I want you to know that it is 100% fixable. So from a nutrition standpoint, getting the sugar out, increasing the protein, fat, and fiber, focusing on quality food here. Not everything needs to be organic, but the more focus that we can put on organic, the better, because then it means that we are getting out a lot of those pesticides and herbicides and GMOs, which are all very inflammatory. And we really want to lower that inflammation as much as we possibly can. Definitely focus on your water intake as well. Oftentimes we are all so dehydrated and we just don't realize it because we mistake being thirsty for hungry, but we really have to increase that water intake because that is going to be really essential for detoxification. Remember, everything that we do for detoxification supports our liver and our liver metabolizes our hormones. So really important that with a lot of hormonal conditions, we want to make sure that we're supporting the liver as best as we can. So those are my simple steps that you can implement from a nutrition standpoint. And I really just want you to focus on a clean whole foods diet. That is by far the best thing you can do for PCOS. Of course, there are a lot of lifestyle and supplement strategies, but that can also be very individualized. So it's hard to really recommend like supplement protocols. Of course, working one-on-one, then we can dive into that a lot deeper, as well as some specific hormone testing. I'm definitely in the middle of putting together a PCOS cleanse. It is something that, again, because I work with so closely in my practice, I am really working on putting this program together because so many women are struggling with it. All right. So on to question number two. 
Can you tell us about your morning and night routine? I'm trying to create more structure in my day-to-day and hearing your strategies would be helpful. Awesome. That's from Olivia. All right. Thanks so much for that question, Olivia. My morning routine and my night routine. Okay. So in the morning, for those of you who know me, I am not really an early bird. It's just not my thing. However, I wake up earlier now than I used to. Like I used to wake up at 9.30, guys, seriously. Now I'm up anywhere between like 7.30 and 8. And so I get up, I will either, it's kind of like one of three things. I will either have a tea or I will make celery juice. Yes, just plain old celery juice, which is great for digestion and detoxification. Or I will make kind of a little elixir with some collagen powder and maybe a little bit of apple cider vinegar and some lemon juice and some warm water. So it's kind of like one of those things. It just kind of depends what I'm feeling. During the summer, I find that, well, obviously because it's warmer, I don't mind the celery juice. I like waking up and having that celery juice because of the weather. But when it's cold out and in the winter, I'm not very inclined to open the fridge and want to go make like cold celery juice. So I just don't. So it's kind of one of those drinks that I start my day with. And then I go and I sit down in my chair by the window and I grab my journal and I start journaling and I use a five-minute journal. And then from there, it kind of depends. If I have more time, I will sit there and like journal for longer or I will read a little bit, or sometimes I'll sit there and just kind of map out what my day needs to look like and the really important things I need to get done. And then I'll typically head to the gym right after. So I like to be in and out of the gym within about a good 40 minutes to 60 minutes. And I don't like to work out later in the day because it just won't happen. Like I have to work out in the morning Otherwise, my day just gets the best of me. So I schedule my workouts in the morning, any time between like 9 or 10 or 10.30, like 10.30 at the latest. But that's typically what that looks like. Yeah, so my drinks, my journaling, my workout, and that's kind of what my morning looks like. And then after my workouts, I will then come and have breakfast. And then my day sort of officially starts after I've had breakfast. And I really do my very best not to go to my phone first thing in the morning. If there is something pressing or something big that we're working on, then perhaps I might be more inclined to do something like that or like reach out to my assistant or something. But otherwise, I wake up and that first like two to three hours of my day is just me. Like I am not on social media. I'm not checking emails. I don't check emails or do any of that until after I have worked out. And then, yeah, and then I make breakfast and then my calls and my day and podcast recording, all of that fun stuff doesn't really start until pretty much after I've eaten breakfast. And my morning coffee fits somewhere in there. Sometimes I will make coffee, drink half of it before the gym, and then maybe finish the rest once I'm finished at the gym. Or sometimes I have the coffee just, you know, with my breakfast. It kind of all depends. It kind of fluctuates. And it's just really based on what I'm feeling. And there's definitely structure to it. But I kind of try to intuitively tune into what I'm really feeling and go by that. For the nighttime, I do have quite the routine there as well. So with the nighttime, typically it looks something like maybe we're reading or maybe we're watching some type of like Netflix show or something. 
I will make sure to have my blue blocking glasses on, the red ones, the really strong, strong ones with the red lenses. And everything that you look at is basically black and red, but it blocks out all of the blue light, which can impact your melatonin. So if we are watching something on TV, then I make sure to put those glasses on. And typically, I would say our nighttime routine, you know, it depends based on my boyfriend's schedule. Sometimes he's home early and sometimes he's home later. And so it kind of depends on that because that will kind of dictate when we have dinner because I don't want to eat dinner alone and I always wait for him and so that we can have dinner together. But typically I would say, you know, we're finished dinner around like 8 or 8.30 at the latest and we just kind of clean up the kitchen and then we kind of just, you know, head on over to the couch and maybe we spend some time reading or we just kind of like sit down and connect, chat about our days and then maybe we'll put on a show and around 10 o'clock is when I will take my nighttime supplements. So my magnesium, my melatonin, my 5-HTP, those are my three must-haves. And I will take those in the evening. Maybe we are diffusing some essential oil sometimes. We have the lights on really, really dim. And at 10 o'clock, I definitely start taking my supplements. I don't take the melatonin until 1030 but I take the magnesium and the 5-HTP at 10. And this is like the system that I've been doing for, I'd say, almost two years now. Like those nighttime supplements, I never miss them. They're always, always my nighttime routine. It's funny because the supplements that I take during the day, some days I miss them, but my nighttime ones, I never miss them. And probably because they've had such a profound impact on my sleep And obviously, when you're sleeping better, you're feeling better. So I never miss those. And then, yeah, and then at 11 o'clock, everything goes off, TV if it's on, and lights go off and into bed. And we are in bed at 11, and my boyfriend is like pretty strict with that. Everything's got to be off by that time, and we go to bed together. And so I know that I'm more of the night owl, and I could just stay up, but he kind of forces me to go to bed at 11. And of course, the earlier I start waking up, then the better it is for me to go to sleep earlier. But he's the one that really like is very adamant about everything's got to be off at 11, which I really appreciate. And besides, like if he goes to bed without me, he can't sleep. And if I go to bed without him, I can't sleep. So that's just kind of the rule. We go to bed at the same time and it really works for us. We also keep our room really, really cool. You sleep better when it's a cooler temperature. And we've got these awesome organic sheets. And yeah, it's just a really great nighttime routine. And sometimes we will have like a walk. And again, sometimes it varies, but where the structure really lies is that, you know, lights are always dim and always got the glasses on if the TV's on, taking my supplements and then in bed by 11. And so I really hope, Olivia, that that gives you some idea and some structure There are definitely some non-negotiables. So like going to bed at 11, taking my supplements, you know, in the morning, non-negotiables. I'm not checking my emails. I'm not on social media until I have taken care of me. So regardless of how you structure your day, I think what's really important is really looking at what some of those non-negotiables are going to be. And that's really going to help give you some insight. All right. Question number three. Breast cancer runs in my family. Do you have some steps I can take to help prevent this from becoming my destiny? This comes in from Julia. Thanks so much, Julia, for... 
this question. I've had many people near and dear to me impacted by breast cancer. And there are definitely some steps that you can take to prevent this. And, you know, one of the top things to really consider here is the use of hormonal birth control because it does increase your risk of breast cancer. So that is really important and something that we really have to start considering. There's been a lot of research and studies coming out showing the correlation between the birth control use and breast cancer. So birth control use, number one, if you can get off that, I would highly recommend that. Some other things to consider and some other things that are impacting your risk of breast cancer are things like drinking alcohol regularly. In fact, women who drink two glasses of wine a night increase their breast cancer risk by 250% because alcohol can be quite estrogenic. So really consider your alcohol intake and really dramatically cut back if you are drinking a lot. Sedentary lifestyle. This is a huge breast cancer risk. So I really encourage you to have an exercise routine and to really make that commitment to daily movement. And this does not mean that you have to do some crazy CrossFit intense workouts. But if that's what you love, then wonderful. Go and do that. But it does mean daily movement. So between yoga, some weight training, and some walking, I mean, just getting your body sweating, moving, supporting bone density, all really, really important. Some other risks are, you know, overweight and obese, especially postmenopausal women who are overweight or obese have a higher increased risk. So you really want to make sure that you are supporting your weight, that you are at a healthy weight, and just really monitoring that and making that a priority, especially as you can bring the weight down. You can also bring the inflammation down. You support your hormones that way as well. So really supporting your weight. And then a diet that is low in vegetables, fruits and vegetables. This is a huge breast cancer risk. So making sure we're getting in those antioxidants and we're getting in a variety of fruits and vegetables. I always say to my clients that, you know, I can guarantee if I were to follow you around for like a week, Guaranteed you're eating the same fruits and vegetables and just the same foods over and over and over again. There are so many varieties of fruits and vegetables, and I really encourage you to experiment and get creative using these different varieties out there. So definitely increasing your intake of those fruits and vegetables, getting in those antioxidants, getting in the fiber. Cruciferous veggies have such incredible compounds like DIM and I3C, which help your liver detox. And they help your body. They provide you with a lot of fiber, these types of cruciferous veggies, and that fiber will bind to excess estrogen in your body and flush it out. So really simple strategies that you can implement to really prevent your risk of breast cancer. All right, question number four, our last question. What's your favorite way to make bone broth? This comes from Mel. I love making bone broth. It's one of my favorite healing foods loaded with so many amazing amino acids that help to heal the gut lining. Great if you are dealing with autoimmune issues. I highly recommend bone broth. And of course, if you have a lot of just digestive issues overall, then bone broth is wonderful. Okay, so my favorite way to make it, I think the best thing for you to do is to actually just go over to my website, 
holisticwellness.ca and search bone broth because I posted up my 10-step process or sort of recipe, I guess you could say, to make bone broth. And it's important to note that I do make my bone broth in my Instant Pot and it's done in two hours and it is so amazing and delicious. And you can also make this in your slow cooker. That's totally an option as well. So yeah, definitely check the recipe out over on my website. I also shared the recipe on my Instagram as well at Holistic Wellness Foodie. You'd have to scroll back a few posts and the picture is basically like a picture of leeks inside a pot. So you might not know it's the bone broth recipe. But basically, when I say the 10-step process, I'm not trying to deter you. It might sound like a lot, but like literally step one is chop your leeks, add them to your pot. Step two, chop your celery, add it to your pot. Step three, chop your carrots, add it to your pot. So like I just broke it down in the simplest way possible. And once it's all said and done, it basically works out to like 10 steps. So definitely check out holisticwellness.ca for the recipe. If you've got any questions about that, you can always comment on the website under the recipe and let me know. And if you're currently not making bone broth, then definitely get your hands on that recipe because it's a simple one to make. And if you don't have an instant pot, it's like a hundred bucks and it is the best investment and you can make your bone broth in your Instant Pot in two freaking hours. Talk about time saver. I love my Instant Pot so, so much. It's been a huge addition, like the best addition to our kitchen. We use it all the time and we make soups and stews and we just cook everything in there. So definitely get your hands on the Instant Pot and then you can make some epic bone broth. All right, so thank you everybody. For all of your questions, I look forward to connecting with you guys further in our Holistic Wellness private community on Facebook. And of course, come hang out with me on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. You can always ask me your questions there and stay tuned for more Q&A episodes coming up. And we've also got our high fat, low carb program that's coming up too. That registration will be opening shortly. And for those of you who are interested in the PCOS cleanse, stay tuned. I haven't set a date on when we might launch that, but it's something that I'm currently working on. Thanks everybody for tuning in. And I know I mentioned some supplements in this episode, magnesium, 5-HTP, and melatonin. If you guys don't know it, you can head on over to natures-source.com and get your supplements. They are one of the greatest online supplement stores that provide you with such a variety of brands and products. And you can use the holistic wellness coupon code to save 10% off. So natures-source.com, you will have to create a free account. It will just take a quick minute to set that up in order to use the discount code. So again, the discount code is holistic wellness. You save 10% off. They ship all over Canada as well as the US and it's free expedited shipping for orders over $50. So pretty awesome. So you can definitely check out Nature Source for your supplements. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to connecting with you guys next week. Have a great day. 